I'm Luka Doncic and this is Locked On Mavericks Podcast. This is gonna be huge. 360 in the contract. Never that. I just take the contact. I bring it back. I'm running on the fast break behind the back. Yeah, this that, this that, this that. Jerk with the And welcome. You are locked on to the Dallas Mavericks. My name is Nick Angstead, and joining me, as always, my co-host, contributor at Mavs.com, the director of Fourth Quarter Blowout Theater. What you got for me, Isaac Harris? We had a brief moment to where Nick texted and he said, Hey, can we do the can we do the mail the mailbag? For blowout mailbag. When the Mavericks are in a blowout, either they're getting blown out themselves or they blow out another team, we've been doing fourth quarter blowout theater mailbag where people will send us questions and we'll answer the listener questions. We almost tried it during the Raptors game a little while ago, and Mavericks were up by 30 and (laughs) end up losing the game. The biggest comeback in Raptors history, biggest comeback in Mavericks history. And so ever since then I've been scarred and I didn't want I almost didn't want to do it against the Warriors in this game. It changed everything. So we're like, hey, let's just see how this goes into the fourth quarter and we felt like it was a safe moment. So safe About space. seven minutes left, still up like twenty five, felt like it was safe. Yes. So at some point we're probably gonna jinx it and tweet it out too early. Something's gonna happen. Uh or we tweet it out when the Mavericks are down by like twenty and then they come back they come and they're back. like, yeah. I'm like Right. I'd much rather people throw it in our faces if we get it wrong that way, where the Mavs win, than if the Mavs lose, right? Yes. This is another comeback. On the podcast today, we are going to get into that game against the Golden State Warriors. The Mavericks win 124-97, to another blowout of the Warriors. What is that, three now, four this season? Seems like every time they play the Warriors, they blow them out. We'll get into that game. Uh, get into Kristaps Porzingis just a little bit, and then... Because it seems like he's going to play in the game to, uh, tonight on Wednesday. seems yeah. like he's going to play against Sacramento. And then we'll get to your questions. Fourth quarter blowout theater mailbag. We'll get to that at the end. So, Isaac. Chris Porzingis remains listed as questionable on the official NBA injury report. Uh, Tim McMahon said, I'm told it's more likely that Porzingis, who has missed the last seven games due to right knee soreness, returns tomorrow night at Sacramento. Finally, Porzingis coming back. Yeah, and you know we're recording this right after the Warriors game. Uh, I think I just saw a tweet by Brad Townsend that he had um, maybe seen Porzingis said, and Porzingis told him that he's good to go for uh, hey. for the game. So that we obviously haven't heard Rick confirm that or not, but yeah, it, it was it's kind of weird because it feels like he's been out forever. Yes, and you know they said eight games. I'm like, all right, eight games isn't like that long. You it's know? been two but, weeks, but two it feels real like weeks. It feels like it's been like a month, and and yeah, it will be uh, much needed having uh, KP back in the lineup. And I mean, like we're obviously going to talk about this game against the Warriors, and you know it's great they won all this stuff, but I don't think you can pull very much from it. If that makes sense, like I this is I, why we me, need fourth quarter blowout theater mailbag guys. <laughs> I know there's reason. just not there's just not much. Trent, well, you'll have your you'll have your moment, uh, Trent. It'll be fine. We'll talk about him, but I, I just there's just not much I'm pulling away from this game saying you know wow like whatever. Yeah, uh, people are talking about free throws. The Mavericks shoot uh, under seventy percent again from the free throw line. Uh, Luca went two of eight. 
everybody else pretty much just missed one free throw if they did miss any. And so I'm not super worried about that. Luca missing his free throws and not shooting well from three. It seems like he has hit a little bit of a, a wall and the Mavericks still even blow out this game, even without Luca shooting well or Luca even passing <laughs> two assists in this game. Yeah. Um, while but the he, Mavericks can pull off a win when Luka does neither of those things. But, I mean, honestly, I think, I mean, in my opinion, this is the worst team in the league. And it's just... Yeah, they, they're missing, you know, their two best players. Yeah, so the fact that you can roll into this and, you know, Luka have... They just didn't even really need Luka in this game. And uh, it was just kind of a... I don't know. It felt like it was over from the opening tip, but... Free throws definitely. I mean, he's definitely got to figure it out before you know playoff time comes, and I think he will. I mean, he's been you know for a while. It's probably below eighty percent now, but that was the big thing that we pushed over the off season of man, can he get to eighty percent? And he's been hovering around that mark for a while, but uh, struggling of late. But I think he'll get back to it. Yeah, that is a uh, you know one thing that we're definitely monitoring with Luca is three point percentage, free throw percentage, those two things. Uh, but he's getting the job done. 20 points, 8 boards, 2 assists in this game. Uh, he was 8 of 19 from the floor, uh, 2 of 9 from 3. But, you know, Lucas still getting things. He had an incredible – he did have an incredible pass to Boban that should have been an assist. It was when yeah. Seth Curry saved the ball from going out of bounds and threw it to Luca, and Luca hit Boban right under the basket, and then Luca immediately got fouled, and so the play was waved off. But that was just an amazing play from him. Uh, and it he had another. Though. He had a couple other, you know, great plays in this game. But yeah, not a ton to pull from this game. I don't think Warriors defense really struggles. They don't have any bigs. I mean, they Draymond is their only big. And with if it's just Draymond <laughs> playing defense, then you got you have some problems. Yeah. I mean, yeah, literally, is this the worst front line in the league? It has Draymond in it, so I don't know. There's probably a worse one. That's true, but I mean, honestly, you're looking at Willie Cauley Stein. Amari yeah. Spellman. Did he play in this game? He didn't play. In- oh, he did play in this game. So it's just almost Iris paying attention. <laughs> um, you know, that's your main. I would say that two man combo is at the center position, probably the worst in the league. But yeah. uh, you know, Draymond obviously playing that four spot a lot in that. But yeah, I mean, okay. Let me ask you this about Boban. Are we at the point because he is he's been efficient? You know, he played twenty minutes tonight, but that's kind of skewed because you know the fourth quarter and all that stuff. Has it reached a point, because I think I'm almost here, has it reached a point to where he should get a steady 10 minutes every night, no matter the opponent? It's tough because he's situational, right? That's why I'm asking. Just should he not, like should he not he's, be? He's very... Because, situ- yeah, just, because because what's the situation now? Because you put him in... in I get it. We just trashed the Warriors front line. But like, there isn't a big body that you're putting him out on the floor to guard in the Warriors, and that's normally the situation you're putting him out there. So he just dominates that. So is it should he move past situational to where hey he's become efficient when he's on the floor? We're not saying you know 15, 20 minutes a game, but should he get a a, a standard nine to eleven minutes per game, no matter the opponent? I mean, with Porzingis coming back in the next game, probably not. Okay. Right, I mean, because then, then the big man rotation, you have three, and that's what you're gonna, that's all you're gonna play. True. Mm, so this is a bad good. time to be asking that. <laughs> yeah, but I still think, well, Dwight Powell had a great night. So I, we, yeah, I mean, he did. 
We I know we we got to praise him. Did you know that he didn't miss a shot? He didn't, and it was not a record. Did you know that it was not the Mavs record? Well, what's the Mavs record? 14, 14 made shots. Do you know who that who did that? Uh, Dwight Powell has done it. Really, fourteen? Yeah. Oh my god. Yeah, Mavs PR tweeted that out, and then some. Yeah. Anyway, that was an inside Twitter thing. Okay, coming up, let's get into the this Mavs game a little bit more. Uh, let's answer some of your questions. Let's get into the mailbag. We got a couple of uh, five star review questions I want to get to as well. So coming up, let's get into that. But before we do, Isaac Harris. You have this mysterious New Year's resolution word that you won't tell anybody. My word is Echelon. Echelon makes beautiful engineered products for everyone. Busy moms and dads, first responders, elite athletes, whatever your activity level. And You have a daily live on-demand studio classes right in your home. You'll never have to step foot in a gym. Whoa. Echelon is a brand new studio bike that you can have in your own home. Get fit. And you don't have to go to a gym or pay a ton for overpriced fitness equipment. It's the best way to get in shape. The best shape of your life, you can get in it with an Echelon. Go to echelonfit.com to discover their EX1 connected fitness bikes that offer a high-quality at-home cycling experience at less than half the price of Peloton. You always see those commercials. Obviously, you saw the Peloton girl You know that seemed like she was being held hostage to to ride on a Peloton. That would never happen on an Echelon bike. Never happen. Mm -mm. It's also half less than half the price because she can afford the Echelon. Those Peloton bikes are like two thousand bucks. I don't know about you. I don't have two thousand bucks to just lay down. But Uh, no, I do not. If you're looking for an Echelon bike, EchelonFit.com/slash/lonba to learn about their limited time free iPad. You can get a free iPad with your purchase of of an Echelon bike. Complete details of this exclusive offer, again, at echelonfit.com slash L-O-N-B-A. That's E-C-H-E-L-O-N fit.com slash L-O-N-B-A. You'll love Echelon. If you're not 100% satisfied, we'll give you your money back. There's hundreds of thousands of men and women getting fit with Echelon. Don't pay a ton for a Peloton. Buy an Echelon bike today for under $1,000. That's what I'm talking Pel- about. Don't pay a ton for a Peloton. That, that's, the, that's the pun. I think everyone else got that but you okay i was just making sure all right isaac let's get into some of these questions these are some of our five-star review questions we're going to do a full mailbag i think uh for thursday's pod or friday's pod but friday probably friday's pod um this is a question from bert 23 mavs 2020 free agency board reads <laughs> mm. uh I'm, I'm not sure how he re- he worded this but he listed 2011-2012, they wanted Darren Williams. 2012-2013, they wanted Dwight Howard. 2015-2016, Hassan Whiteside. Based strictly on their careers up until they whiffed on the Mavs, who would y'all sign to be the third piece with Luka and KP? I feel like those are disjointed. I'm not sure what he was getting at with the other thing, but who are you thinking? Who who you think uh, is going to be the third piece? Oh, my gosh. Well, this is a loaded question. Okay, so... If I'm getting this correct, he's saying 2020, right? Yeah. Okay, so, well, first off, Mavericks have no money. So, 2020 is going to be very difficult to go find somebody. And, you know, we've kind of briefly talked about the 2020 class, if they could create money. We did a whole pod when we were talking about different routes that they could take going into the trade deadline to where if they wanted to try to clear up space... Uh, to be able to make a run at somebody in the summer, like a Bogdan Bogdanovich. Because if you are a good team like Dallas, 
and you do clear up space before the trade deadline and still keep your team good and heading into the playoffs, but you clear up space to use over the summer, you have this kind of unique thing to pitch free agents over the summer of saying, hey, yeah, we might not have 70 million like the Hawks, but we don't suck like the Hawks. And we just play it, you know, and we actually have a young superstar that contributes to winning. So we have, you know, money to spend, but we actually just came out of the playoffs too. So that. You know, Dallas, when it's all said and done, Dallas probably won't be the only playoff team or good team that can make that pitch. But even if Dallas does create the space, who are you going to go after if you have that money? You know, Anthony Davis is at the top of the technical free agent list, but he's going to stay in LA for the most part. And then when you go down after that, what does Gordon Hayward do with this, you know, player option? He's probably going to pick that up at 30 something million. DeMar DeRozan, at this point, Pass. you know, you yeah, you're looking at like who who fits at this point. So, like yeah, DeRozan, Andre Drummond, Serge Ibaka, like you know, these are I wouldn't say that yeah, they're not great great perfect fits. Now, the one name that Somebody tweeted at us and said, hey, you didn't mention this guy's name on the trade pod yesterday. I'm like, listen, we didn't talk about Montrezl Harrell because I think he's a key part to that Clippers team. I don't think they're going to let him go. And so we didn't mention him at all. But if if they did chop him, uh, I think, one, they would get a lot of suitors on the trade market. But, two, if he signs somewhere else over the offseason and you have a shot to go get him, yes, I think he would be an ideal, perfect fit in Dallas. So, that's you know heading going down that list of 2020 free agents. It's those type of guys, Montrez, Harold, Bogdan, Bogdanovich. Like it, it's those are the type of guys. If you clear up money for 2020, that you know you could theoretically go target. So it the, this upcoming free agent class is just it's kind of, it's just really weird. Yeah, there's not really a third piece in that 2020 class. I don't think. Um, yeah. And the Mavericks don't have the, the the money to get it right now. Now, there's ways that they could make it. There's ways that it could happen. And, you know, we can always find ways to, to make money. You've, we've learned that definitely this summer with some teams. But, yeah, that's the answer to his question. Uh, Bronx Bomber 3 says, I don't know I don't know about you guys, but I can't freaking wait for Luca and KP dual press conferences after playoff games. I've been with y'all since day one. I remember listening to you guys talk about how the Mavs just drafted Dennis Smith Jr. and how the future was so bright. Crazy to think we're in this spot right now with Luca and KP. How do you guys expect your careers to grow with the Mavs having more success in the future? Does it change anything? Growth of the podcast, etc. Thanks, guys. Interesting question. Interesting question. Um, I think we we probably both have two different answers to this. Probably, yes, we have very different answers. Uh, yeah, we'll make this quick because I don't think a lot of people care. <laughs> but um, for me, this I'm I'm we're trying to make I'm trying to make this my full time thing in media. Um, doing some other things. This you know the podcast is not my full time job. There have been months where it could have been my full time job, <laughs> but yeah. you know it's it's a fickle business. Things go up and down. Uh, it's not like a salary thing. You get based on. Uh, the advertisements and all kinds of things, thanks to the the great people at Echelon and things like that. And so, uh, as the pod as the, our podcast has grown, we've even seen it so far. It has you know come to a point where I can not have a full time job and focus on this and maybe do some other things on top of this. Um, but it's grown in that way where it's, it's changed my life for sure. And uh, I hope that one day this is the full time job. That would be incredible. And we're, we're moving towards that point. If if it was like a legit 
trajectory where where we started to where we are now would continue like that line would continue up i would say yeah. probably this time next year we <laughs> we'll yeah. be talking about it uh, as our full-time thing but that's for me and that's always been my plan i've always wanted to go full-time into media and isaac's been a little different yeah man i, I have two passions in in my life as far as like career wise and life stuff and uh that's the church and that is uh the game of basketball so uh the church and what i feel like god wants me to do in my life is uh doing ministry stuff with church and so yeah that's my full-time job but where we're at with this podcast man it's it satisfies both passions it's where i'm at to where i get to be fulfilled in my church job and then pursue my passion too and do the sports stuff and this podcast with Nick. So, you know, it keeps growing. I I don't know. I'm just leaving it open at that point. And (laughs) I love the spot I'm at with like with, with the Mavs and all this stuff where my writing and it kind of, I used to have to write a ton when I was with Fansided, and I'm I'm glad I don't have have to write a ton like now I used to. Now you have to talk a bunch on the podcast. <laughs> I per- definitely prefer uh, <laughs> uh, prefer talking, but I like writing too sometimes. So uh, it's fun. But long story for both of us, yes, the more uh, the better that the Mavericks are, uh, and they keep growing and they make a deep playoff run and all this stuff. Yeah, I mean. Ever since Lucas here, our number, our numbers have been climbing a mountain, and they just keep on climbing. So as long as that trajectory uh, keeps going up, who knows what happens after that? And it unlocks a lot of stuff of like what we can do at the podcast too, because we've brainstormed different things that we really would want to do at the podcast. Uh, but yeah, if it keeps growing, then there's some cool things we could uh, toss out there with it. Absolutely. We will toss lots of things. So, uh, And one of those is doing trade pods, which we love to do. Go listen to the trade pod from yesterday's show. We did a 45-minute trade pod about all these different trade possibilities. So go listen to that one. That was a really good one. Uh, that was all like Mav stuff. So this one's been a little all over the place. That one's more focused for sure. All right, let's get into some of these fourth quarter blowout theater mailbag questions. Um, by the way, this there's a question from our guy Trent. There are three Trents that listen to Locked on Mavs, and there's probably more that just aren't on Twitter, mm. but that seems like a lot of Trents. Yeah, I, don't, I, I think I just know one personal Trent in my life. I think I've only known one Trent in my life, too. <laughs> but and, uh, Trent, but when we refer to Trent on Twitter or this podcast, there is only one Trent. It's like Dwight's Trent. He's, he loves Dwight Powell. That's his guy. But his question is not about Dwight Powell. He says, with as well as Tim Hardaway Jr. has been playing, what are the possibilities that he opts out of his contract for his player option? I really feel like he has become an extremely important piece for us. It's a good question. Yeah, it's a good question. It's a crazy it's question. Who would have thought? <laughs> yeah. Um, it's not something. Here, here's the route. Or at least when I talk to different media people when I'm at games and stuff and we are brainstorming about Tim Hardaway, it's not him opting out for technically like a massive bigger payday. It would be kind of like the Harrison Martin situation to where it would be more of like him opting out for more of a long-term deal. So, you know, what, you know, Tim Hardaway basically has a player option for around like 20 million next year. What Tim Hardaway. Okay, there you go. Yeah, 19 million. Would he opt out? To sign a new deal, uh, like a new three-year deal for 16 a year, 17 a year, you know, something like that to where it would save the team a couple, you know, if it was with Dallas or another team out there. Would that, that's just the whole game of between it all. When you look at like Marcus Morris last year in free agency and all that stuff and, 
going into the season, you're like, heck yeah, he's you know he's definitely going to opt into that that last year of the deal. But I don't know. Some players want the um, the comfort of a long term deal and will sacrifice a little bit of money annually for that, or they just take their money and say, hey, this is 19 million. I'm gonna take this and then cash in you know next summer in that 2021 class. The way he's played so far this year has made this conversation even a conversation. I think going into this year, we were thinking, man, he's just absolutely going to pick that up. Wouldn't have even turned it down for a longer-term deal because it wouldn't be in the same like the same realm, right, going into yeah. the season. We wouldn't think that. Uh, so it's it's a testament to how he's played, the work that he's put in, maybe that he's healthy this year instead of you know the way he was last year. That's been a big change too. And so all of that has made this a possibility. If he opts out, that's when the conversation we had earlier about like the Montrezl Harrells of the world, right? Like that, that could be a possibility because all of a sudden you have that space that he was occupying that's all of a sudden gone, <laughs> or that yeah. his contract is gone from there. Eighteen point nine million to, uh, you know, allocate or figure out how to exactly use it. But um, yeah, you'd want to bring him back if he opts out of the player option the Mavericks couldn't sign him over the cap though so you can't you couldn't do that you you basically lose him if he opts out and you sign somebody else so that would be how that kind of functions then at that point I still don't expect him to opt out I think he opts into that last year takes his 19 million and then you know there's gonna be teams that swing and miss in 2021 so yeah we already hear about these teams trying to clear up space and even when you start going down a list of potential free agents for that 2021 summer, you know there's a decent likelihood. I mean, even though we're far, you know, far away out, that you look at it and say, "All right, like a lot of these guys could literally just stay." Like, what if Giannis signs a supermax and Kawhi and Paul George? What if they win a title this year or next year? And they're like, "We're just gonna stay here. Like in LA is what we want." And you know, so there's a lot of these, you know, those situations where a lot of people could stay in 2021 and. Then all these teams who cleared up money, they got to spend it somewhere. Yeah. And guys like Tim Hardaway is going to be free agent and saying, hey, like, I'm a shooter. Let's do this. And so. Yeah. Imagine. So this is the way we're talking about him after a half season with Luca. Imagine what two seasons of Luca would be like under his belt. He'd be 28 coming off two years with, you know, with Luca. He could be the Mavs, you know, third leading scorer again, you know, scoring 15, you know, 16 points a game, uh, which is crazy. But what? But shooting but, well from three and everything. I will say this: What if Dallas gets into the playoffs and he just blows up and he just kills it, and he's like on you know on par with you know, scoring with like Porzingis as the second option to Luca. Let's say they win a round, go late into the second round. He has a couple you know, thirty point games, like just yes. big shows up big. Wins a couple of games, you know, in, in the playoffs for the Mavs, and it's this massive to where he looks at it and says. My value has never been higher, you know. I, you know, if if he if it cares more about money, then he could look at it and say, man, if he like blew up in the playoffs and did really really well, and you have teams like the Hawks again or the Grizzlies, whoever saying, all right, like we want to capitalize on this and pay him and all this stuff, that would be the only route that I would think I would even consider him possibly opting out. Yeah, yeah, that's an interesting route. All right, coming up, let's get in the rest of your. Questions, lots of questions about Boban. Uh, a couple about the two-way guys, and then um, somebody asked about um, Delon Wright. So we're going to get into that coming up after this. Hmm. All right, Isaac, let's get into some more of these questions. Um, Mar Marjun says, 
If, hmm. say, you want to give Josh Reeves a legit chance to crack the lineup, who is the guy you will bump in the current rotation for him? This is a good question. Uh, Justin Jackson is the guy for me that I think would get a bump if we're trying to give Josh Reeves a legit chance to try and get some minutes. Um, Justin Jackson got some minutes in the first quarter. He's been getting minutes in the first quarter. He's in the rotation right now, currently, as the maps sit. Maybe when yeah. Porzingis comes back, that changes a little bit. But that would be the, the player for me. Yeah, that would be the player, and that would be the only player, if we're just being honest, that I would like, consider it for. And and like you said, if Porz- when Porzingis comes back tonight, probably you know, will Jackson even play? And if Jackson's back out of the rotation, I, I like Reeves, but this is a a playoff bound team. And if we, you know, we're like, I use the Hawks a lot, but we're like the Hawks and just, just won our ninth game of the season. Then I would be experimenting more and putting Josh Reed and stuff. But right now I'm not going to play him over Seth Delon or Jalen Brunson. Nam says, is Delon Wright still unhappy about his role? I don't want him to be traded. We don't want him to be traded either. I don't, Mm -hmm. I don't think he's going to be traded. He's not on the level of a player that demands a trade, right? Yeah, and you know I don't think he's gonna go out with a mysterious back injury. And uh, <laughs> no, uh, I'm sorry, but he he yeah. didn't get his ring. The Raptors didn't give it to him, so he doesn't have that cachet. That's true. He might be. He might get sick though. Uh, with with Delon, with Delon, I wouldn't really say that. I I wouldn't wow. say throwback. Throwback. I, I wouldn't say that he's like fully unhealthy. I would, I'm unhealthy, unhappy. <laughs> I wouldn't look at that situation and be. I thought it was great reporting with Tim, a great Q and A with with Cato at the athletic and stuff. And he obviously wants to start. He's a professional athlete and feels like he should be starting stuff. But I wouldn't say that. Yeah, and I don't know him personally, so I can't speak on it. He he might be unhappy. I don't know, but it's not at that level to how every time I look at him, like man, he's just like really unhappy, or like people I talk to, like it's not like a talking point for a lot of people right now. So, I, and he's playing well, so. Our guy uh, Onyx says, young Onyx, Logan, I think. When will we get to see Ryan Brokoff back? Is he okay? Uh, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, he's just recovering from uh, his injury stuff. But I don't know, a couple weeks? Yeah, I I don't know the timetable for sure on that. I haven't haven't seen him in the locker room. I'm trying to think. No, I haven't seen him in the locker room in a little bit either. So, yeah. Yeah, I don't have much to answer on that. Since that Sixers game, I feel like. We haven't seen yeah. him around. True. Uh, Rowan says, how are you all feeling about our two-way guys? So we have Antonius Cleveland and you have um, Josh Reeves, who we just talked about. They've been getting some time in the G League. Neither of them are shooting well from three, and that's the thing that we're really looking for both of them to do <laughs> right now. Uh, if you're not shooting well from three in the G League, then it's a little concerning. But it, the Mavericks team is just – they just have so many guys right now that I don't think they're going to get a lot of time, even if they, the Mavs have some injuries. Like Justin Jackson fills some roles. J.J. Barea can fill some roles. I mean, Isaiah Roby has a roster spot. Somebody asked a question about him later. But he has a roster spot, and we haven't seen him play at all. <laughs> I mean, at all. Yeah. So uh, Ryan Brokoff, too, we just mentioned him. He has a roster spot, and he's out there when he comes back from injury. So it just doesn't look like the two – this is not a team for the two-way guys right now. No, it, it's really not. And it's just, it's weird when you look at the whole two way situation. Cause when we both started covering the Mavericks, you know, that two, those two way spots were, you know, it was, it felt like it was changing all the time. Jonathan Gibson, Pierre Jackson, these guys, you know, they were just, all Quinn right. Cook. Quinn Cook, Yogi, you know, like, well, Yogi was 10 day, 
gosh, 10 days felt like an eternity ago. Yeah. <laughs> Remember when Dallas, I mean, yeah, it feels like, like they were just, 10 day. They, they would just sign it, you know, 10 day, you know, guy and it would expire and all this stuff. Like that's just not even been a talk over the past year or two. And, you know, last year, Costas and Daryl Macon were the two way guys all year. Didn't change at all this year. Reeves, and, you know, Cleveland not changing so far. So, you know, it feels like Dallas has kind of shifted their mindset on that a little bit compared to, you know, two or three, you know, year, two years ago, or whatever it was. So, um, I mean, they seem like fine players, but it's just like you said, they're, Dallas, when you have a team, they're not they're not so good to where, you know, it's full of to where it's like a warrior situation to where you have like four really good players and it takes up most of your cap to where those two-way guys might, you know, crack the rotation there. It's like their eighth man and all that stuff. To where Dallas, you know, has has their money spread out so much across their roster, all the fifth, you know, fifth starter guys when you have, you know, four or five guys and when JJ Berea you know, is, you know, what, your 10th or 11th man? Yeah, I mean, it's just hard for these two-A guys to crack rotation. Yeah. Uh, second half season, Dwight Powell incoming. This Ooh, is, this, this is huge, yeah. This is our thing. So our thing is, over the last couple of years has been there's a March and April Dwight Powell that just is on mm. a different level than beginning of the season Dwight Powell. Is he coming I'm early ready. or is he already here? It's like the it's like the groundhog, you know, like you see his shadow see or his not. Shadow. And I... He might have saw a shadow, and it might be coming early. To be and honest, I don't know the difference. Is it if he sees his either. shadow, there's winter, or if he doesn't see it, then there's Nick, no I was winter. just going to roll with it. I was expecting you just to roll with it, and we just act like we knew it. But just, I don't. I don't. Really what if know. it's a cloudy day? Then that's why the groundhog doesn't see his shadow. That's true. That's true. Just means there's more um, clouds. Doesn't mean it's going to be winter. Also, climate change. How do we account for that? I mean, this groundhog thing is ridiculous. Dwight played really well tonight against Golden State. Yep. You know, um, yeah, he. I mean, yeah, played really well, played his role really well, didn't miss a shot. Uh, the team loves him, all the stuff all the stuff we say about Dwight a lot. So He's had two really good games in a row, and then he had a terrible game against the Lakers. And it's just, you know, role player, inconsistent. And he will look good against some – he's he's a little like Boban in a way. He's going to look really good against some teams, and he's going to look really bad against some teams. Yeah, and it's just when it comes to that bullpen, you know, type of yep. rotation stuff, and you know, you expect when he goes against someone like Embiid or Jokic or some of these guys, like you know, you you know, he's probably going to struggle a little bit with them. But what you do expect is the other way around of when they play someone like Golden State and they have Amari Spellman, you're like, all right, Dwight, this is your game. You need to dominate this, and he goes out and does he it. Does. So. Yeah, he has his role, and you know, certain opponents he does well against, and yeah, so. He had a great game tonight, and we got to praise him for that. Yep. Yeah, he's had he's had four good games out of the last five. So yeah, this is a, this has been a good good week for Dwight Powell stands out there. <clears throat> Man, my voice just completely left me. The ghost of Dwight Powell came and stole my voice. Uh, let's see a couple more. Boban making an MVP case. That's from Michael. <laughs> Always. Is Luca being taken out of the first quarter hurting his rhythm? This was an interesting thing. Uh, Luca, Carlisle's been changing Luca's um, rotation pattern a little bit over the last couple of games because I, it's either because he's just trying to get him more fresh for the fourth quarter, or it's because Porzingis is not playing, uh, or Carlisle has his own reason that I don't know about. But in this game, uh, Luca went out with four minutes left in the first quarter. Uh, for most of the season, he's been playing the entire first quarter, but he went out with four yeah. minutes left to go in the, this first quarter. 
Comes back in at the beginning of the second. He went out for just one minute, basically, uh, with about four minutes and 30 seconds left in the second quarter. And then uh, played almost the whole third quarter out with two minutes left and then didn't play in the fourth quarter because it was a blowout. But are we th- are we, how are we liking that rotation style? Uh, I mean, my main thing, I just want to see what it looks like when KP's back. Yeah. Is it a KP thing? And I, I, I lean more towards that direction that – you know, he just wanted to switch it up a little bit in the different lineups that are out there when he's off the floor and KP's not, you know, healthy in there. So I want to see what that looks like when KP's back. And then if it stays the same when KP's back, then I think it points more towards that fourth quarter stuff and how he might want to, you know, fresher for the fourth quarter or different minutes stuff then. And yeah, I mean, he's still tinkering with it and we'll see what he lands on. I, I don't think it necessarily messes up Luca's rhythm and all that stuff. I think, yeah, he's fine. Yeah, me either. Uh, Zach says, are we one piece away from a championship team or do you see us as farther off? think depends on what the one piece is. If you're talking about the one piece being like Bradley Beal, Clay, Th- Clay Thompson, Clay Thompson, or if you're talking about like Kawhi, you know, that one piece, then yeah, they're one piece away from a championship team. But uh, that one piece would have to be a superstar at this point. Yeah, I think realistically, I think there are a couple uh, things, and I we feel like a broken record at this point. I, I just think they need you know one or two vets in this rotation. However, they do it at some point because even when you look at teams that um, have won you know titles over the past you know years or whatever, if it's not a fully you know if we're not talking about a big three you know of Luca, kp and a Kawhi or something like that you need to have some vets in there even when you do have big threes and big fours or you know yeah, big duos mike millers and shane battiers and david west's and andre guadalas and you have those those you know richard jefferson's like those veteran guys that have been there before yeah. that are on these teams exactly so I, I still think that they need you know one or two of those guys at some point uh to be for me, for them to walk into the playoffs and be like, "All right, like let's see this," and and just Luca being getting to the playoffs. I mean, I, I think that's just going to be huge in in general. Whether they get bounced in the first round, second round, third round, whatever it is, it, playoff experience for Luca is going to be massive. And when you look up different stars, whether it's LeBron or whoever it is, and the playoff runs that they had before they won titles. And seeing, you know, heartbreaking defeats or getting bounced early or long series. And it's just, you know, you suck seeing them lose. It's those type of stuff that the, it builds on. And, you know, then they come back stronger the next year. Absolutely. There you go, guys. We'll be back to break. Can I, can I say, wait, two things about the game real quick. Oh, we, we haven't talked One, about the I game just, in like 20 I minutes. Know, well, <laughs> I just wanted to shout out Maxi. I thought Maxi had a really good game. And he hit, he hit three or four threes and three of four from the three-point line. And Hit them all in I the just, first six minutes. Yeah, I thought that was in, incredible. And the game as a whole for, for an away game, just another shout-out to they're 13-5 and five on the road. And that just amazes me where they're yeah. at as a road team because normally teams on the road, like it's, it's those seasoned vet type of teams, and they know they've been there, done that, 
and we went through the whole thing as far as their experience and their rotation, their top eight, top nine, literally averages a little over three years in the league. <laughs> and that one of these younger, least experienced teams in the league are literally one of the best road teams in the league at 13 and five. And if they beat the Kings, that's 14 and five. Uh, I've just been really, really impressed about how good they've been on the road. Absolutely. There you go, guys. We'll be back to break down the Kings game. Thanks so much for listening to Locked on Maps. Peace out. Boom. Boom.